Welcome to Disruption Junction, a Maps of the Podcast. Here are your hosts, Bernita Bradley, Kayla Campbell, Julie Hopper, and Dan Quisenberry. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually what I was thinking too. Right, conjunction, junction. <laughs> What's your function? Right, right. That's what we need, like that old schoolhouse rock type of thing. Like every child understood that, yeah. that where they lived, right? That yeah. was the best. My name is Bernita Bradley. I am the parent uh, voice director of the National Parent Union and advocate for the National Parent Union located here in Detroit. And we are a national organization that advocates for parents across the country. My name is Julie Hopper and I serve as academic assessment specialist for Lake Superior State University Charter Schools. My name is Kayla Campbell. I'm currently an elementary educator and specialist um, in Cedar Springs, Michigan. Um, I previously taught third grade um, and my current position allows me to still teach students for the majority day, the majority of the day in the area of literacy. And then um, for about 20% of the day, I get to support our um, teachers um, by leading some PLC meetings, coaching, mentoring, and organizing some interventions for our team. And I'm Dan Quisenberry. I'm the president of the Michigan Association of Public School Academies, and we're looking for better ways to find the junction between disruption so that we can all do better things for kids and educators. I'm kind of teasing, but I mean it. You guys are all advocate advocates and bold in what you do individually. We want that here. I mean, some of these topics, but it's not, I think, and this is the kind of conversation we want to have, all the rhetoric isn't really telling the story. So yeah. we want to get in the middle of that, right? That's that, uh, I don't know if we've shared it with you. We've talked about the title of this being Disruption Junction. Yeah. Well, disruption is about innovation and new ideas and things that aren't the status quo. That's scary and challenging, but Junction means, okay, we're bringing those ideas together, parents and educators who sometimes aren't seeing things the same in the rhetoric, but they do when you bring it to kids. So uh, yeah, we'd love to just get in the middle of some of this stuff, but bring a real point of view that I think matters to people. And I don't think it's being talked about a lot out there. Disruption Junction to me just is kind of a disruption in the current way of thinking um the current way that we're doing things um and really just being able to have some of those courageous conversations like I hope we're about to have um but yeah just really kind of being okay that there might be some some shifts that best support all stakeholders I would say the disruption is just you know like disrupt the status quo like at the National Parent Union we have that as a that's a whole campaign we're running like disrupt the status quo um what traditionally worked is no longer going to work. And the only way uh, cha real change is going to happen is if we disrupt it, right? Like innovation happens and um, even crossing the lines, conversations happen between people that uh, in peace, right? That didn't normally happen for the sake of all children. So when I think of, I guess, disruption junction, I think of tolerance and an openness really to new ideas and acceptance of diversity and maybe not agreeing on maybe everything specifically, but being respectful um, and being open just to, to learning new information and maybe shedding light on, on a topic and seeing something in a new way, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love, love those ideas. Disruption Junction brings a couple things to my mind. 
One is, uh, yeah, changing the status quo because it's not working. But Junction's a really interesting idea for me, and I think it's been part of what charter schools and education choice and reform have been, which is, okay, we will come together when we're talking about kids and what's best for them and the interests of parents and educators. I want to say that uh, there's a junction there, and we can find common ground on controversial issues. We learn in, as adults, right? Like you work in the same spaces with people that you don't typically agree with every day, right? So why can't we make choices about schools and about children with people that we necessarily don't agree with? We don't have to go home with them. The whole goal is to make sure that all children have what they need and have it you know, in an equitable way so that they're successful. Yep, and when we will, when we all have that common goal of um, providing students with the best educational experience, that's really the, the foundational building block for everything that we do. You know me as an advocate, Dan, right? Like we've, I've been all the way up in upper Michigan advocating for children, you know, indigenous families. And, and we're meeting with parents who are literally like, I just want my child to learn. Like I, like parents have cried to us on the phone. Like I really just, I just really expected to send my child to a place that was safe. You know, uh, we have this myth of people saying, well, parents just want babysitters. No, oh, parents want their children prepared for life, for yes. their lifelong journey. They want them educated. And yes. when, when these complaints are made, it's not just, like some parent who woke up today, like, mm, I wanna give a school flack today, so I'm gonna make a complaint. No, right. it usually has taken a long process before that parent really, yeah. like that parent has gone through the teacher, the, probably some some uh, uh, special ed assistant. Yeah. Uh, they've gone through the principal, the superintendent, then finally they're like, look, I just need to make a, a complaint with the Mich Michigan Department of Education or the civil rights, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, some of these complaints have really had us sitting in, like our advocacy team sitting in rooms, like, again, do you really like children and why are you in business? Like, why do you even work here? And that's appalling to, you know, to see the children. We had a young boy and it was in the news. One of the young boys looked back and told us when we asked him, like no parents putting words in his mouth or anything. Like, how do you feel? He said, I just feel like, they took something from me. I really feel like they, this is a 12 year old little boy, right? And we don't think children are feeling the impact of this, right? Oh, of Parents course are they the are. <laughs> and then when you think about the social, emotional and the mental health side of it, this yeah, is another yeah. reason why we need to come together. Like, because children yeah. are realizing like, you have children who before the pandemic were getting straight A's. I'm talking about, they were like 4.0 students who yeah. really fell behind during the pandemic and they felt like there's something wrong with me. Like they, yeah. there is something wrong with me that I did not get it. I've talked to even families like that, right? Who, where I've had to really talk to their children and say, baby, I want you to know this is not about you, right? Yeah. This is about a pandemic and it's about a little bit of a broken system, right? That existed before the pandemic, right? So I don't want you to take this so personal, but for a child, they're still in their head like, yeah, but I got this before and I'm not getting it now. And this teacher over here is not helping me get it or the teacher's struggling to help me get it. Like, 
And parents are just saying, what are you going to do next year to help my child get it? So that he don't, he or she yeah. don't like this. Something else occurs to me in this thing, and it's, it, this will sound self-serving. This is the reason for this podcast. <laughs> Julie, you made, you made a comment. There's so much rhetoric and it's political, Dan. Isn't it about campaign? Yes. That is not what we're talking about. I don't, you know, if, if anyone's listening to this podcast, Bernita, and they heard what you just described, educators, teachers, principals, superintendents, I think the vast majority would go, what? That's <laughs> happening? That's not yeah. okay, right? Yeah. The bad actors are out there and nobody's paying attention to it. Yeah. They're speeding yeah. down the highway and yeah. getting away with it. We got we to shine a light on some of that. And that's why we have so many missing children, right? We, people have been asking, where are the children too? Like in the numbers, because they're, they're like, how many children didn't log on? How many children didn't return back to school? Why didn't they return back to school? But nobody, you know, they just want to know about the numbers. They don't want to know about the real reason. The why, real story, right? yeah. Real the story. stories behind the numbers for sure. And, and some of it is because the system was broken before the pandemic. And so it only broke, we yeah. do not, put it like this, we do not need children to walk away from us feeling like they're broken mm -hmm. because yeah. of our mistakes or because our inability to get along yeah. and play fair and make sure that yeah. the children have what they need. Because these are the children who are, I keep telling them, they're not our future, they are our right now. Because what we change right now is going to determine how they impact the, the, the systems in the future, right? Most of us are doing the best we can, but there are layers that we've touched to and alluded to um, in our previous conversations about, I, I would, I'm not, I'm not prepared the best that I could be, right? Like I am going, um, yeah. I'm, I'm sidestepping a little bit, but I'm really passionate about literacy. That's kind of my like rah, rah. Um, but I now I'm taking on my own time, like on Saturday and at nights and all the things. I'm taking like a two-year course on like the science of reading and how, what this looks like from a brain setting, how the discrepancies between our different populations, right? Like, and how do we get there from where we are to where we want to be and what the research says we can do. And there's a few layers in that training that have been really eye-opening. Um, and it's one of them is that we have had all of this research for a long time, right? We've had research about what the brain does and what best practices are in reading, but they were done outside the field of education. So you have neuroscientists, you have like, mm -hmm. right, you have all of these different professional researchers doing yeah. this, but they weren't making it, it accessible to teachers. It's out there. I, I guess I could mm -hmm. go buy a membership to some online program and read the best <laughs> of the best. I could do that. You're right. But like, it's, it should have been in my schooling. It should have been in my training. I shouldn't be yeah. fine about this nine years into my educational. You know, I mean, I always was the person who I'm going to figure it out. If this kid isn't doing it, like, what can I do? I'll figure it out. I was on like, anything, whatever, what works clearinghouse, you know what I mean? What, like, what mm -hmm. can you do? Um, but there are layers as much as I love and will always advocate for educators. I'm going to advocate them in a sense that they, I don't think are being offered the best way to be prepared. When people ask me about my background, I can say, yes, I was a teacher. I've done this and that, but I always like to say that my career began in 1977 as a kindergartner. And when I was a kindergartner, that's when I began my research and my career in education, because I learned what a good teacher was, what a good classroom was, what a, a good academy or school was, because I could feel it. There was a culture. There's a word in there I want to add in uh, that I've been thinking about a lot lately. It's vulnerable. It's, it's this strange contradiction between being willing to be exposed in, in a, an uncomfortable place, 
But if you're not vulnerable, you're never going to get to creativity, to relationships, to joy, um, things that matter in our lives. So yeah, disruption junction. Thank you.